Well, hey, heck and hello. <laughs> hey. 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 Hey there. Um, Hiya. What's what's going on? Hello. How y'all doing? <laughs> How y'all doing, y'all? How y'all doing, y'all? Um, this part of y'all is good. How is that part of y'all doing? <laughs> this part of y'all is doing okay. She is thriving after speaking with a recruiter on Friday and waiting the very long holiday weekend to talk to her again on Tuesday. So. Yeah, so uh, just a friendly announcement to anyone who has a friend going through a job or life transition. I think I said this, I said this to Emma uh, earlier in the week and I was like, I... I did not prepare myself and that's on me. I'll say that's on me because I know Emma, right? So you'd think like we've been friends for years. God, how long? Like 11? Nine? No. 11? Well, we met. Nine, no, we met, nine <laughs> Due to COVID and we're best friends. So that's not the reason, guys. Um, no, because we 2012. met. 2012. 10 years. Yeah, 10 years now. Um, Heck. Wow. Heck and a decade. Wow. Oh, a decade of bestiness. And, and we don't look a day over 21. Um, <laughs> I wish that were true. all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, if only the massive bags under my eyes didn't betray me. <laughs> okay, but I, I had those when I was 20, so thanks. Military. I didn't. And I wish that Neutrogena had not lied to me Honestly. and been like, 40-year-olds look like this. And you're like, great. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, DLI wrecked me. Like physically, because I was yeah, just crying in bathtubs all the time from the misery that was learning Arabic. But anyway, um, Hannah, what I was mistake saying, did you make when it came to yes, the process? I, I know so much about Emma to the point that, like, I am usually able to see her train of thought, like where it's going to go. Like if she likes someone, I'm usually able to go, okay, this is probably what she's thinking or this is probably what she's going to do in that situation. Um, and you know, I'm nobody, nobody's flawless. And if, if this week has proven anything, it's that I am flawed because <laughs> I expected, I expected nerves, some anxiety, you know, like the need for gentle re-encouraging and oh, like prodding. The flurry of messages <laughs> that I received, I answered a call at work and I was like, honestly, m my bad. My bad for not remembering that this was going to be a full psychotic break <laughs> every time you don't get an email back within yeah. 10 minutes. Like, yep, yep, I yep. didn't remember that, like, as soon as there's, like, a 15-second window in between her submitting an application and anyone contacting her, she's like, should I just... Should I just go to the top of the Empire State Building and jump? Should I do it? Should I just end it now? And quit. you're like, how did we get here? And then you're like, right, 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 right. This is what Emma does. Okay. Right. Um, cut to if she likes someone, worse. Somehow worse. What? <laughs> because the thing is, like, at least with this, eventually she warms back to the logic of, like, yeah, probably best to not show up at the person's house and like <laughs> I'll, I'll settle for beg. multiple emails in a row. <laughs> she didn't mention it though, which was nice of her. So. That's kind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I just I would say to any of you who have a best friend like mine in terms of um, you know, life changes or employment opportunities, just remember that they're going to need not just constant encouragement, 
but consistent talks off the ledge. Um, so just just mm-hmm. give yourself scheduling space um, because you know you it's might like have an meetings hour a at day. work. You might fine. yeah you know like just just block it in and say until they have a job. You know so every thirty minutes. This is the kind of thing that I usually do before I would do it to Hannah. I would do it to my mother, and it's like it's really just me expelling the thoughts from my head because yeah. if I keep them in it's like it's like a rotten core it gets it just, worse it's it like gets festers. worse and worse yeah and that's on mental disorders thank you OCD but exactly um well that so but no really if any of my OCD kings or queens are out there you know what I'm talking about and it's just a constant like it's such an easy spiral to fall into and yeah. I would say Hannah says when I like someone, it's worse. I don't know if I've liked someone in a long enough time to like remember that it's worse (laughs) because (laughs) this is like my main focus right now is like getting a job abroad. And I'm like, (laughs) if they don't respond to the 25,000 applications I've sent out within the same four business hours, then obviously they're not going to hire me and I'm going to be stuck here forever and miserable. And obviously it's not what's my, what's planned for me. And this is what's going on inside my head. Like, and I'm, it's getting worse and worse and worse. So yeah, I just texted out and Hannah is the unfortunate recipient of that. So no, and it's, it's honestly better. So I was talking to somebody about intrusive thoughts. I think I was talking to Luke about it, my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was saying like, there is something really helpful and powerful in not just confronting the intrusive thoughts in your head, but in speaking about them to other people, because there's less and less power that they hold over you because the thought spiral it only works inside your head. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't really work outside of your head, especially when you're talking to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like within minutes of speaking to Emma, she's like, yeah, you're right. Like probably not a great idea to FedEx several copies of my resume to the one recruiter's house, even though they already liked me, even though they're scheduling, you know, all sorts of things. Like Who can probably say? not the best idea to send an edible arrangements with another copy of my resume like maybe <laughs> maybe case. not um but, but surprise it's it, hidden inside the fruit so you bite it and you're like what's this surprise! <laughs> it's paper um so, but i think i think a lot of people don't don't do that so the intrusive mm-hmm. thoughts just keep happening and like yeah everything you think isn't true um and if anybody with ocd like emma knows that like everything you think is not a fact like it, it just isn't. And and even if you just have general anxiety or if you're a person who's an overthinker, like I am a captain of the overthinking team. We have flags. Um, <laughs> like uniform in the works. You're thinking leotard. We're, just we're like, like working no, on it. Yeah. Like, are we going to do that much tumbling? No. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But basically, it's really, really easy to get trapped into that. And the more that you speak about the intrusive thoughts, the less sway they have over you. So... Mm-hmm um yeah and honestly i could like i would say this anyway but i couldn't be more proud of emma's efforts um she's made a lot of progress in the last couple of weeks um and it's been weeks literally since she started applying um <laughs> i think it's been about two now but that's not the point <laughs> the point is it's had, mid-january <laughs> she's had really positive responses so i'm excited about it um I, I personally am putting at least 90% of my eggs in the basket of you moving well, here. We're at, yeah, well, I mean. Um, 
And Luke's already started making preparations. He's told his family that I'm not going to be present for several holidays. Um, you know, Jane and John, we love you, but so hey, funny. such fans. <laughs> um, unfortunately, due to COVID and 9/11, we are where we are. We're so busy. So, <laughs> so yeah, I am really excited, and it's one of the only things we talk about now, which is why we're probably going to talk about it all the way up <laughs> until she moves here, and then we'll be like, oh my gosh, now we can talk about how you live here. <laughs> like, yeah, we are trying to be really careful about being too. Is, is what's the word um divulgent of the current process that i'm going through because yeah you just don't want to put any bad juju out and don't want to give any details before you have them right all i can say is things are looking good and we'll update you guys as we can which means that do you want to talk about any of the interference because i know like 100 years ago when we did the um small towns big moves episode Ugh. people really responded to that because yeah. i don't think people talk about enough like when you make a decision or when you make a a mass yeah like a, a massive life choice about like mm -hmm. whether it's moving somewhere else or taking a new career path right or whatever you're always going to hit you get a lot of hate you get a lot of resistance sure. yeah okay yeah. so um i was expecting honestly maybe to my detriment and to my own um misjudgment my family to be less supportive than they have been but they've been great and i know that it's not exactly what they want me to do but they're not going to be the ones that tell me like you shouldn't do that this isn't for you because i do think that they truly believe that i can do it and yeah i don't think that i mean my mom is i love her to death and she's real with me i don't think that she would tell me this is something that you can do if she didn't think i could yeah because so, it's um, setting you up to fail right and that's like that's the last thing you want for your children right? like you won't let them fail if you can help it but when it, if my child was like i want to become an acrobat i'd be like listen that sounds like so much fun but you can't even do like a somersault so i'm thinking realistically <laughs> maybe don't do that but you know um they've been great i will say that it's more so like co-workers that i've had resistance from and i don't it's not that I don't appreciate other points of view, but I feel like some people go out of their way to bring negativity into my sphere when really yeah. they don't understand what it is they're talking about. So yeah. like, just because you know people that have applied to overseas positions that had a clearance of some kind, we are not comparable necessarily, nor are we yeah. in the same boat, you know, like, and they're, they're all telling me like, take the easy way out, get a job in the US and work your way up to it. And I, don't know about you, but I'm not the kind of person who wants to take the easy way out because that makes me unhappy. And I could easily get a job at Fort Gordon. I could get a job at Mead. I could get a job at Norfolk and I don't want to do any of those things. So I'm just not going to apply for that because why would I like, and it was the same when I moved to New York, I'm not even opening up the idea of a plan B. It's just not there. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it's not going to be there until april until it needs to be 25th or something be. and it's yeah. just like i don't anticipate it getting to that point so yeah yeah i don't I, if you're the kind of person who you're like you your friends are doing these big crazy things to you they seem big and crazy and out of this world i would just caution you to listen and try to find good points like like i said if it's something like super far-fetched like they want to become a pop star like okay support them but like also help them be like realistic about it you know yeah but if it's them saying like i'd really like to move abroad why is that not feasible yeah and i would also say like 
if you're a person who's thinking about one of these choices and you're receiving this kind of feedback, like genuinely take it with a grain of salt unless the person has done it. Yeah. Um, because just some of the things that she was telling me, I'm like, I've been through this process. Like I've, I've physically and literally done what Emma is about to do borderline the same process. Like we've, she's applying for a similar job to what I had. So like for, for the feedback that she was receiving, to have been true, my experience, every single thing that I went through would have had to not be true. So it's like, I could be the exception, but I don't think I am. Mm -hmm. um, Sorry, you hear Miko crying in the back. She's so upset. I have Miko in the crate and she's not happy. So so that's how I feel about the people who are giving you negative feedback. Yeah. <laughs> um, High-pitched whining. No. Um, but, but yeah, but like yeah. it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make it true that they're giving you this negative feedback. Like it doesn't really help. And it's often just pulling from the limited information that they have, which is usually not that relevant. Um, and, and, and it can be really discouraging, especially if those are the only people that are speaking into you or speaking into what you're going through. Like, yeah, it can be really discouraging if you are out trying to pursue a dream and the only feedback loop you have is people around you telling you, you can't do it. Like, it won't Awful. be the, it's not the first time I've heard it and it won't be the last, you know, like this is the biggest thing that I've done, but where I was in Georgia, does it really feel like it was that much bigger than when I did moving to New York? No, not really. Yeah. You know, like that was hard. Things with university was easier because getting a, like, a slot in a school is a lot easier than getting a slot with like a government contracting agency. But that's really the only part that has been quote unquote easier, you know? Yeah. So, um. I remain optimistic. I feel kind of bad for the people that have to constantly have this, like, not even realistic. It's more just a pessimistic point of view. Like, yeah. that must suck because like, I think they're probably just used to being disappointed. And yeah. they are they are remiss to get their hopes up about anything. And I would have missed that. So I would I would have missed it. Um, so totally separate. But okay. I just feel the need to tell the team uh -huh. about my New Year, New Me habit. Okay. Um, and it has nothing to do with exercise. Um, Obviously. Read last brain. week's episode. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I have been reading. Wow. Big, and big moves. honestly, flipping huge moves. Because I've always been one of those people who, like, as a teenager I read and, like, as a kid I read. But in my adult life, I was like, oh, it doesn't really hold any interest for me. I, I don't. I didn't find myself wanting to read anything. Like I don't mm -hmm. go into a bookstore and I'm like, these books are beautiful. I want to take one home. You know, yeah. I've, I've never really related that closely to Belle. Um, you know, uh, so like it actually really annoys me because there is, <laughs> there's a whole personality trope that is literally, you are Belle from Beauty and the Beast. You're like, I'm just a girl. All I like to do is read by myself. It might make me seem aloof, but actually there's more to me than meets the eye. And Emma is motioning hysterically because she's like, that's me. No, 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 like this is like, I've maintained this personality type my whole life basically because- But there, you know, you've interacted with them. It's like, it's a whole little skit that, that these girls will put I'm on. I'm in provincial life. <laughs> it's, it's, honest, it's honestly like a really good pick me, but it's a pick Super. me nonetheless. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely not the, it's not the like, 
I want men to pay attention to me, pick me. It's more like a you should all feel inferior to me, pick me. And I think a lot of it is the like, you need to chase me. I'm mysterious and smart. Um, You know, I find that they all sing. I don't know if they do. Um, But but anyway, so (laughs) survey says, based on my own statistics that I did not compile, they all sing. Um, But I've been reading and I really, really like the book series that I've been reading. And I think right. it's one that like everyone in the world has apparently started reading. It's, a, it's an like, older book series. It's, it's, we, we have like <laughs> I am as always late to the party because you know what? People who show up on time are lame. So <laughs> I have been reading the A Court of Thorns and Roses series mm-hmm. and I am a stan. She's I'm a huge y'all. stan. She ignores my it. texts to read. And I have to call her to get her attention, which That's I don't not know if true. You, I text I you back you know all me. the time. <laughs> but I am an I am an all the senses all the same time kind of girl. Like I need you to I need all five of your senses on me when I'm trying to interact with you. And that's just which the way is it all is. the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is all the time. Um, but yeah, I I love it. Um, I would say mm-hmm. I really recommend it to mm-hmm. people who. I think if you're, like, a real avid, like, sci-fi fantasy reader, it's probably too realistic and lowbrow for you. It's probably not high fantasy enough. Mm. Um, If you are, like, a general fiction enjoyer, huge fan. If you Um, like Harry Potter, you'll like this. If you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain, you'll you'll probably also like this. Um, But what I will say is the second and third books are it. Okay. Like, the first book you get through to get the plot points, and it's good, but, like, whoa, the second book, and then, ha, the third book. <laughs> and I decurser. Um, and I decurser. Yeah. yeah. After Hannah told me she was reading this, I was like, when you finish it, I have 10,000 wrecks. So once you finish it, let me know, yeah. because I have so Which I'm, many wrecks. I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant I know, to I finish get it. it. I definitely I've gotten have, emotionally like, invested. I reread certain portions of the second and third books during the love story like sequence that I wanted to relive and I do this with tv shows too I don't know if I'm like a weirdo but there there are certain like romances building that I want to relive okay like I enjoy watching them fall in love and it's it's really really I don't know it's like really satisfying to me but I think Um, it's because I'm a words of affirmation person. Like, that's okay. my love language. So I think it scratches that, mm. if that makes sense. I'm like a I'll rewatch Darcy's hand clench moment 10,000 times kind of person. Do you know what I'm talking about? The scene in Pride and Prejudice mm-hmm. after he helps her in the carriage and then he, like, flexes his hand. <gasps> See, that's not interesting to me. Oh, so wound. Let me tell you. Oh, I just love it. But anyway. Wound. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I get it. Every time I finish a book series... I have to, like, wait a while before I start a new one because I'm still so, like, mentally and emotionally in that series that yeah. starting a new one is kind of like, well, you're not the same character, and so therefore I'm uninterested. So I usually take, like, a couple of weeks before I start a new series because yeah. it gives me time to recover. But um, they're really good, so. But, yeah, I've been uninterested in watching TV, um, partly because I'm in a show hole. Like, there's nothing really that interesting yeah. that I want to watch. Um, I'm partly because I'm very engrossed in this. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. catch me reading for hours like the mysterious little aloof bookworm that I am. I always wanted to be the girl on the subway reading a book, but then I remember that I have motion sickness. And so that's (laughs) a possibility for me. But destiny had other plans. But I will tell you, (laughs) 
I do do crosswords on the train sometimes. And do to I feel to people that you're do I better feel better than, than everybody? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, and I hide the easy on the front cover because I'm a nerd. <laughs> this is so very difficult. I'm brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to do the New York Times crossword, but I'm not smart enough. So I I'm do just not there. <laughs> um, so I do the like 18-year-old so ones. Yeah, but, but, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just I have like my my hand like around the pole in the middle or like up on the because you need two hands to do this obviously to hold the book and write so i wrap my arm around and i'm like do 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 quick glance around oh back to my crossword sorry and in the background dun, 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 dun. <laughs> exactly there's some some like I, i'm in a movie in a head in my head at all times like constantly yeah. i'm the main character yeah. every single place i go so thank you main character taking... energy is who i am thank you i will not be taking criticism this time <laughs> thank you so much um okay so, so anyway <laughs> I want to talk thing. about one more thing before yeah, we actually get into the episode. I put double asterisks in the notes page, so clearly it's important. Because I am, I'm not just over it. I'm so far over it that I can't see it anymore. Right. Okay. It's like, I am the plane and it is the airport 10,000 miles behind me. Yeah. Like, you know, when you look at your flight destined, like your, the flight summary screen where you can see right. your destination, your mm -hmm. origin, and yeah. you're like halfway through the ocean. Like that's yeah. where I am yeah. compared yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I wish I could say it's restricted to this time of year, but it's, it's not. not. The truth is it's not. And this is just a general announcement. This is from me yeah. to everyone ever, okay? Yeah. To yeah. to influencers, to journalists, to the, the average girl, the average user. Yeah. The the just a girl posting on Instagram, mm -hmm. the just a guy creating a thing for TikTok. This is for you. Here we go. Stop. 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 <laughs> Stop <laughs> vlogging, posting, writing excessive captions, and walking us through what you eat in a day. Stop telling us what you eat in a day. Nobody cares what you eat in a day. Nobody flipping cares. And here's why. Because it is so individualistic. Like, if I ate the same as Bob Ross, a the <laughs> painter who is now also an influencer, um, <laughs> I just couldn't come up with any other name. So if Bob Ross was alive and well, and if he started a flipping YouTube channel, and he was like, "What I eat in a day," Help like me paint better even, if I do this. Yeah, like even if I did the same exact thing, like our bodies are all so different. It's so irritating, mm -hmm. and it's. It's simultaneously arrogant and really self-destructive because basically what you're telling me if you film a what I eat in a day is that you think you are so well-versed in, in nutrition, in fitness, in the ability to plan an adult meal, in the ability to recommend that to others, mm -hmm. that you are constantly pushing out this content because it doesn't go away, it's on the internet, Forever. to thousands, potentially millions of people. Mm -hmm. So like, what I eat in a day. Like all you're showing me is your stupid avocado and toast breakfast with your smoothie. And like, you you all have the same meals. Like compare notes, you're eating the same things in a day. Collectively um, make one video. <laughs> Collectively make one and then I can ignore it. But it keeps coming into my right. flipping universe. Right. And then the second thing is you're self-destructive because what it tells me is that you're so concerned with either calories or some Macros. feeling of Something. like the need to control every nutritional bit that goes into your mouth mm -hmm. that you 
are exhibiting disordered eating usually. Right. Like what you're showing me is like, I eat 800 calories a day. Here's how I make it fit. And it's like, why, why are you showing this to people as if it's a goal? Why are you showing this to people as if it's helpful? And most importantly, why are you not considering the fact that you are triggering a lot of people who do not eat that in a day? And like, it just makes me so angry because it's not content. It's right. just stupid. Like, yeah. it's the same to me as going, watch me go to the bathroom every day. Like, <laughs> I feel the same way cool. about gym routines most of the time because it's like, a lot of it is it's the same Instagram workouts that we've all been seeing for years. It's like, oh, my this, gosh, you're doing Romanian deadlifts. Do wow. Romanian, do this, do that, do that. And I'm like, it's not that like those are accessory works, first of all, like they're defined as accessory workouts. They're not compound lifts. And that's OK if you don't want to do compound lifts. But let's stop acting like your exercise is the end all be all of fitness. Like, let's just stop hard stop right there, because once we we have said this before, depending on your body type, that those results were always going to vary and either you're working out for function or you're working out for aesthetic. Yeah. And it's, it's rare that you can do both. So furthermore, I love it when nutritionists and dietitians also watch those videos and they comment on what they're eating. Cause they're usually like not enough protein, not enough carbs. And once again, it's all individualistic, but I would trust the opinion of a nutritionist <sighs> who was like this person, I watched their whole video. They ate a fruit bowl, then they ate a salad with some like tofu in it. And then they ate like a rice bowl with another smoothie. That's one, like the human body just inherently needs a certain amount of protein, like to function. And a lot of people are like just ignoring the basic facts and the basic science of nutrition. So. Well, and the, the thing is like, even when nutritionalists are like, yeah, that looks good. That looks good. That what you're eating is good. Like, that's that's great, mm -hmm. but it's not helpful. It's right. not helpful. If you want to do anything helpful, post a recipe. If you're yeah. like, I love my morning smoothie, like go ahead and post the recipe for that morning smoothie because maybe that is helpful for someone. Maybe someone wants to make a morning smoothie and you are giving them something to try. Great. But you consistently, and it's so rampant, like I swear mm -hmm. to God, it comes up on my feed like every other day. And it's like, the, you know the, the face changes but the video doesn't mm -hmm. and it's what i eat in a day and i, I will say that the algorithm just is basing that the more you're going to see depending on how long you're watching each video so you don't have to like like it for it to show up if you spend more than a certain amount of seconds on that video you're going to keep getting videos like that yeah and usually i watch them angrily <laughs> because right. and that's why you're going to keep getting them so for me yeah. when i see that i immediately I just scroll past it because my algorithm is yeah. going to see oh she spent like a millisecond of a second on this video and therefore is not interested in seeing this content. And yeah. so I, I don't see it anymore. I do see a lot of parodies and I see a lot of drool <laughs> and that's mostly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I agree. And we, that's not the topic of this episode. No. Um, but I just needed to get it out of my system. <laughs> made it clear to our listeners that we do not stand diet culture and we do not stand this like be that girl blah 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 you know like you already are that girl you are you who you are as a person so yeah. you stop I, I wish that we could stop buying into this like if you eat this this and that you will be better somehow yeah like if you eat the nine different variations of kale that kendall generate two months ago you too will have glowing skin it's like no you won't and also this whole like i think that we should just eliminate the word words rather the phrase if you will cheat day from our vernacular like get it out of here oh just any sort of guilt language with food get out like, like so uninteresting and unhelpful I'm, I'm just not gonna feel bad about eating half a box of pasta i'm just not 
I'm just not. But like, why, why are we pretending as if this has been something like as old as time? Like it really hasn't. It's a very new phrase, especially culturally. And it's, yeah, I mean, my coaches used to give it to me. It's tied to a concept of fitness that is not only not for everyone, but has a lot of holes in it. Is inherently unhealthy, really, because there's no such thing. I, I maintain this. There's no such thing as bad food. There's just not. There's nutritionally dense food. And then there's processed food, you know, like, but there's no bad food because that putting that language in your head will just automatically make you feel like you're doing something wrong because you decided to eat a piece of cake rather than like a protein brownie or something like that. And you know what? If you're eating something with, if you're eating something with a coli, that's bad food. Other than that, yes, of you're course. good. <laughs> if it's like it's really literally going to make you sick, then of course it's bad food. But I'm just talking about regular normal. No, I know, chips, but that's what whatever. I'm saying. Like yeah. if it is if it is not bacteria infested or out of date, it's good food. Right. Leave it alone. Like nobody asked for anybody else's opinions on it. And if you could stop flooding the internet with them, it would be really appreciated. So you know, that's my know, rant. Do you know my last comment on this? Do you know Iskra? I S K R. I love okay. her. She is a gorgeous I don't know. Is she mid-size? I don't know her actual size. She's mid-size. She's yeah. a size 12, 14 US. Yeah. yeah, she's mid-size. Which, by the way, mid-size is 10 to 16. Let's stop having this conversation that medium equals mid. It's not the same thing. We're not talking about, like, I wear a medium-size shirt, so therefore I'm mid. And anything below a size 16 is not mid. Like, let's stop gatekeeping mid-size. I'm so over that. But I digress. There was a video that she did a while ago um, where someone was like, oh, you need to stop eating such and such. And she's on like a photo shoot for like Aerie or something like that. And she's in like a bra and a new set. And she's just like a slow motion eating potato chips because she wants to and because she can. Yeah. And I was like, Stan. So yeah, Stan it. Yeah, really anyway, like content. we digress. Um, welcome to our podcast where we talk about things. Hi, this is the Transcontinental Tea, where we rant a lot. Uh, and we talk about culturally relevant things like Pick Me and uh, TikTok audios and, and, culture and things of that nature and, and uh, relationships and home decor <laughs> and the reasons why we're moving to Venus where there are no men. <laughs> Desperately every day we're trying to figure out a way for NASA to make it happen. Mars at Elon Musk. <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Yikes! But you anyway, can't go, but, but we'd you like to come, use your resources. <laughs> no, 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 Jeff, you have to stay home too. Stop it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Take off the cowboy. You're not hat invited. Stay home. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm Emma, and I am Hannah. Yeah, and so we just wanted to intro you guys to our lovely little podcast. Where hopefully you're still here after that 30 minute diatribe, <laughs> guys. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Truly, this is the definition of an echo chamber. So. Uh, yeah. But we're okay with it because our beliefs are correct. So <laughs> but we're the ones who are right. So it's fine. <laughs> so um, this is the part of the show where Hannah and I bring in our classic Easy A audio to introduce you to our little section, our tea of the week. And I think we're going to do that. Tea of the week. TT. So, I honestly, until this very moment, don't know what I thought of a tea of the week. Um, okay, I've got one. I've got one. <laughs> and just like that. And just like that. Um, first, I think we've already made it clear that I'm applying to jobs abroad. I have sent out 
innumerable applications. I've only been rejected for the positions I pretty much expected to be rejected for, but that did not stop me from panicking. So here we are. Also true. <laughs> um, but everything else is still kind of like very under wraps. I don't want to give away too much information, but fingers crossed for all of us. But the real tea is that I, as I previously mentioned, intern for a U.S. senator. She's a Democratic senator from New York, um, represent. And she typically remains in D.C., which makes sense to me because that is... Because that's where, where she works. That's where the politicians <laughs> live, as far as I can tell. So they have clubs. I don't know. There's things going on. And I'm not privy to that. So unfortunately, um, I'm in her New York office where she has nary made an appearance since I came. And I think they mentioned maybe like every couple of years. I mean, she comes to New York for events, but she doesn't really come to the office very often. But she's going to be in the office here soon i'm not going to give i don't want to be that person who's like here's the dates that she's going to be there but she's going to be in the office in a certain coming up time frame and i get to meet her <laughs> in a soon time frame <laughs> i don't want to be like okay. what if someone out there has like a nefarious mode has like a know? vendetta yeah right. so but anyway i got it the point is i get to meet senator gillibrand in the near future and i'm pretty mad stoked about it because i know that she's not going to remember me because politicians have like a thousand mile a minute like thought processes and she'll be like yes you interned for me and that means nothing to me but that's so great good job good for you (laughs) yes yes thank you but (laughs) i will get to say no 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 i I know the senator so i know her she's she's my friend she's so great i am so excited for you very excited i'm pretty stoked i will say that there's a couple of people that i have mentioned this to and this is like a just teeny tiny side rant i don't like it when i tell people (laughs) Um, that I consider to be good friends about this like exciting thing that's happening to me. And they say like nothing about it. I'm like, oh, this is happening to me. Well, anyway, here's my problem. You know, that really bugs me. So I, I hope that you have already had this year, but if you haven't make 2022 the year that you stop having one-sided friendships because there is no value in it. And all it does is take from you. And that's my, 15th public service announcement of this episode (laughs) uh it's genuinely just me telling you all of the secrets to the universe so just write us (laughs) any other questions you have we Uh, are charging your card um i think you forgot you mentioned those details to us at some point to access this episode (laughs) don't worry though it's like really reasonable it's only like 50 dollars per tip it's like fine it's It's like fine great yeah all right hannah give me some tea heckin heckin tea i have been kind of upset, Mm -hmm. not terribly upset, but kind of upset because normally we go on a ski trip every year um, because we're European. Yeah. Because, you know, normally my husband, myself and a small group of our friends, uh, since I started dating Luke, we've always gone on the ski trip. Um, I previously roomed with a friend of mine because Luke and I were not sharing a room. That was our personal stance. Obviously. well, you know, I'll, I'll talk about this later in the episode, but a lot of people have thoughts and feelings. Which, by the way, it. we're not and, at yet, just so you guys know. <laughs> yeah, just so you know, this is the beginning, so <laughs> buckle up. Uh, anyway, so, but we normally go on this ski trip, and I I look forward to it for a number of reasons, but sure. my husband especially loves to ski. He's so good at it. It's like disgustingly good at it. Um, and so honestly, I, I wish he was worse. <laughs> I wish he was worse because it would make me feel better. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so 
it's looking like we're not going to go um Man. both from a covid perspective because covid has really obviously uh ramped up recently because of omicron so a lot of countries are very hesitant to let people in without quarantining mm -hmm. and aside from that the uk has been deemed a variant risk because omicron although we're handling it well is definitely alive and well here mm -hmm. so um all that to say um from a COVID perspective, it's difficult and it's looking like we would need to quarantine and potentially um, for like two weeks at, for at least like 10 days, yeah. which like it's, I don't have the holiday to do that. And that none point. of my friends do either. Exactly. Um, and I'm also not going to pay in a hotel to sit there. No. And from a financial perspective as well, like we are new homeowners, it, you know, we don't have flush cash um, and, you know, spending a large amount on a ski holiday, which we used to have the money to do, is less and less an option uh, as we get closer to it. So mm -hmm. kind of upset about that, but reacting in a somewhat healthy way, we are going to go dry slope skiing. So dry slope skiing is basically like an indoor ski mountain that they build and they you know blow snow onto constantly and keep cold so that the snow stays mm -hmm. and we have one like an hour and a half from us so we're gonna go dry it's slope like skiing. a day trip yeah yeah okay, so fine. we'll we'll drive like it's like an hour a little over an hour close to an hour and a half mm -hmm. and then um you basically get a few hours lift pass you can get fine. a full day we got a few hours but one of our friends who was gonna go skiing with us he's never been before so we took him there so that way regardless like he has a lesson but mm -hmm. we'll have like a fun ski experience so that if mm -hmm. we don't get to go this year we at least have that so we're doing that on tuesday which i'm very excited about well i will say i'm very sad that you don't get to go to austria but it's stopped sad. by this the fact that i'll get to go the next time so it's like it's it's less sad i'll say it's less, less sad, sad. <laughs> less sad um but yeah i mean i think the truth is like you can't be too upset about not getting to go on certain holidays right now because mm -hmm. we have so much freedom that is such a huge blessing right now like we're not in lockdown we can still travel albeit limitedly we can you know go out to dinner we can do loads of things so i'm trying to just appreciate that even though you know it would be fun to do the things that we used to do but equally you know there'll be more things yeah i mean i was really happy in hindsight that i had planned my trip to England and um, Copenhagen when I did because Omicron really came into the picture like almost immediately after. So, you know, she made her presence known. Okay. <laughs> like, so I wanted to wait just because like as the blind thing to do and you couldn't afford to like miss that much class by like being forced to stay in England. But now is my time to shine. Hot take though. Omicron has major main character energy. Honest <laughs> like, to God. Like, she's like Delta? Delta. Who? 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 Was like, Delta was like, so, like, is it my turn? And we were like, shh. No. You have nothing to. We were, we were at that point where we were just like, so, we were like, Delta, mm, you're like just a baby variant. Like, you don't even, like, nothing's happening. Or, and then it's Omicron so was funny. like, you were, you rang? Because literally people were so worried about Delta. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. And then Omicron came onto the scene and they were like, what? Everybody got sick. Are there other variants? <laughs> like, what? Um, and Omicron was like, by the way, you're also immune to Delta now. So bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. Yeah. Love you, too. Bye. Um, <laughs> um, honestly, I, I, I can't think of a single person that 
hasn't had Omicron at this point. Like everybody's well, had it. Well, you assume. I mean, nobody really wants to tell you which version you had, but hey ho. I mean, yeah, I, I guess it could have been Delta, but we all have the same you just don't know. So, yeah. Um. Anywho, okay. that was my also tea. last part of the tea. I've been drinking real tea recently. Oh my gosh, you say that same. So they have this. Okay, first of all, anyone who says to me, especially if you're American, that you drink tea. I immediately have two questions. Okay, do one, you microwave your water? <laughs> okay, three questions. One, <laughs> one, is it Lipton? No. Two, is it hot tea? Yes. Three, do you microwave your water? <laughs> I'm a kettle girl, personally. But but so many people are like, oh my gosh, I drink tea all the time. And you're like, is it iced tea? And they're like, yeah, it's like, okay. That's so. not the same. Um, it's not the same. Um, no tea, no shade, no lemonade, uh, no Arnold Palmer's, but like you, Please. iced tea is great. It's just different, but there is a subset of Yorkshire tea mm. that I am obsessed with and okay. it's, and by obsessed with, I mean, I liked it and I don't usually like tea, even though I'm a major Anglophile. Um, it has, it's basically multi-biscuit flavor. So it tastes as if there's like a biscuit infused into your tea and Yum. it's lovely. It's lovely. I don't drink Lipton because I'm not basic. Um, I am definitely partial particularly to lemon and orange teas because I find them to be the most pungent and I don't like drinking tea that's like a really vague flavor because I'm like, then I'm just drinking hot water at that point and yeah. I'm not interested. So I drink, uh, I've been on a Tazo kick recently, but that's just mm. because it's most, most available to me. So. Yeah. Um, the real deal is coming. Let me tell y'all. And last thing I'll say before we actually dive into this episode is that I was tipsy at a bar a couple of days ago and someone was asking me like, oh, why do you want to move abroad? And I was like, listen, my soulmate lives over there. <laughs> and I like basically hyped Hannah the crap up. Like I was like, no, 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 no. I would die for her. Like we want to raise our kids next I year. Was that. <laughs> so just so you know. Intoxicated Emma is like more obsessed with you than sober Emma. You understand. <laughs> Thank you so lot. much. Thank you so much. Um, that's amazing. I don't, <laughs> she didn't tell me about this. I actually no. didn't know that, but I love that journey for me. Um, and yeah, I've told all of the important stakeholders in my life that you're moving. So that, you know, pieces are moving. People are aware. They're they're you know mourning but excited for me. Um, because they, they won't see moment. me. They have but, some time. You know, you know. They have their time in the sun. And it's. If it's if it hasn't happened yet, guys, it's just not going to. So <laughs> no, I watched um I rewatched She's the Man the other day. I, I just I watched was, that not too long. <laughs> it's so good, but classic. I was loving it. Luke was dying. He was like, I hate this. Really? Why are you watching this? <laughs> yeah, and I was Jeez. crying. I was like, ah! like every five I love seconds. Love that movie, but. It just made me think of the moment when uh, the like side character friend who ends up being gay and like right. dating the hairdresser goes, some guys just walk in the light, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, he and the other side character friend were so pure. I loved that. They were so sweet, were except so... for like the first 20 to yeah. 50 minutes. After what's her name <laughs> rejected that guy at the bar, yeah. they kind of came down to earth and I was into that. Yeah. But um, yeah, big fan. Love that movie. I watched The only Got thing Mail. I can't do is how Amanda talked. Amanda Bynes speaking. Ugly! <laughs> like, mm -mm. no, 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 no. Uh, I mean, if a guy spoke like that around me, I'd be like, are you okay? <laughs> I, I, I really wanted to, like, sit down with the character that is Olivia and be like, are you okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> we, you and me, level with me. 
You Talk were a little girl. How much How trauma you did you have? <laughs> <laughs> and that she seamlessly continued that love with the actual Sebastian. No further questions. <laughs> and you were totally, totally seamless. Like, well, you're like your sister, right? Then we're going to get along great. <laughs> it's going to be fine. <laughs> so, yeah. I watched okay. You Got Mail not too long ago, which to mm. me is peak 90s rom-com. Mm. I don't think you can get better than You've Got Mail. Slips in Seattle is okay. Not as good as You've Got Mail. Hard stand. Uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. <sighs> okay. It's pretty, it's good. Um, Julia Stiles, I loved her until I saw her in Save the Last Dance, and she did that awful routine. Oh, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. <laughs> oh, if you watch that routine, it's just soul-crushing. <laughs> really Other than that, bad. she's great. There's a guy so... on TikTok who does, like, he'll take, he does it with Disney Channel movies a lot, but he basically, like, reenacts it, but it's more mm. like, he highlights the awkwardness of it, so... He recently did Bring It On Again with Hayden Pentier. And he'll like he he'll do like the crunking scene. <laughs> he's just like violently dancing around his room. But he's also providing like the commentary to it. So he's like, what is he doing? And like there's one scene where he's pretending to be a character who's kind of like aloofly staring out and his thought process in the video is like, is Chick-fil-A still open? Oh right, I'm in a movie. <laughs> And it's so fun. I'll have to find his name and post a video of his on the reels on our page. But whew, okay. Um, now that it's been an hour and a half, I suppose we should start the episode. Let's get into the episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna have Wendy bring us in, and then we're gonna give you guys the deets. Oh wait, we should just briefly. Okay. Um, we have gotten positive feedback, and by that I mean one positive feedback. So we're mm. taking it as and running the majority <laughs> and, and running down the street. Uh, about the toxicity episode. So mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. will be continuing that mm -hmm. glorious trend. The tea is exceptionally good today. <laughs> Who made this? Mm, very delicious. Okay, <laughs> laughing for some reason. I, I just saw what you posted on your Instagram story about Jason Momoa <laughs> holding hands with Pete <laughs> Davidson. <laughs> Okay, so if anyone is unaware what we're talking about, Jason Momoa announced divorce from, I don't remember her name. So her name is Denise from The Cosby Show, but the actress behind it is, oh, I can't remember, but it's Zoe Kravitz's mom. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, so what's I, her name? But so there's, uh, a random, there's a, okay, Hannah's gonna obsess until we find her name, so. Yeah. I'll tell you in the meantime. Sorry that discount emma stone aka buffalo jill on twitter posted breaking shortly after divorce announcement jason momoa seen holding hands with pete davidson outside popular la eatery and of course the joke <laughs> is that pete davidson has a hankering for recently divorced celebrities yeah. and he's kind of like a hot commodity right now which i find interesting because i don't find him funny or attractive but that's just my personal literally opinion. neither so her name is lisa bonet Okay. Well, the point is marrying in Hollywood is destined <clears throat> to fail and we should all just give up. So it was really sweet when they got together though. Cause if you ever read the backstory, he had like a huge crush on her while she was on the Cosby show and she, she was like his first celebrity crush oh. and he got so geeked out when he met her, Full he was circle. like super excited and they started dating and they had kids together and it was very cute, mm. cute and now it's sad, but also she's like 15 years older than he is. So cute. Here we are. I just think that <laughs> speaking of men, dating at men <laughs> is just 
it's difficult enough already, but it's extra difficult when you add in an audience. And I think that's why we see so many social media popular couples break up so frequently because I don't think you're really focused on the relationship. I think you're focused on what you're presenting as the relationship. Yeah. I think some of it is also just, you know, people, especially in, I want to say like high pressure scenarios. So whether that's, you know, Hollywood where you're each trying to make a career happen or whether that is like, you feel like a, like a super crowded city. Like you feel almost like a natural selection process. Like I have Mm -hmm. to pick someone from this very limited subset of people. Mm -hmm. So then you kind of get into relationships that possibly are not great relationships, but because it's the best of what you see in front of you, you're like, yeah, that's a good relationship. And so Mm -hmm. here we are. Well, as Hannah mentioned before we brought Wendy in, we received great feedback from a whole fan. Glowing reviews. They really enjoyed our episode on toxicity, which previous to this was a mini. And we thought, why not give people a little something extra? Why not toss a Why not make it a maxi, you know? <laughs> why not add some milk and make it a little more of a rounded cup? So, you know, we, we decided to grant the wish of our fans. So. Fan, fan, apo- okay. parentheses, s parentheses. So. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Emma has the first prong, which will eventually lead to a second and a third, maybe a fourth. Who could say? Um, but essentially, the first discussion was going to be about, I think, dating apps. Correct. Right. So. If you're like me and you interact with the male species at any given time. First of all, I'm sorry. First of all, (laughs) my condolences. And second of all, um, you have solidarity with us. But right now, the primary source of dating culture is dating apps. And many of my male associates, I'd call them friends, but let's be real. have this perception that dating apps are the only way to meet what they consider to be quality partners. Gone to them are the days of meeting someone organically. And by organically, they mean meeting someone at a bar. Mm -hmm. And we had a whole discussion because I, being the sole woman of the group discussion, have- (laughs) I, being of sound mind and above average breast size. I'm just letting you know that if guys out there, if a woman is telling you the the realness of the dating apps, listen to her because we're the ones that are probably we're in the trenches. Okay, <laughs> we also are. So there was a there was a stat statistic somewhere saying like the top eighty percent of men are matching with the top twenty percent of women or something along those lines. So like the tops are matching with the tops basically on these dating apps, and they're designed, of course on a shallow premise you see them maybe you scroll down to the bio but i can guarantee in my experience men aren't reading what i write there they're looking at my photo and they're like yes and that's the extent of it now no one is saying that how someone looks is not the first thing you notice about somebody you look at them of course the first thing you see is their outward appearance this is not the first thing you see about how someone looks is how how someone looks (laughs) (laughs) i I too was shocked breaking news (laughs) i too have been mask fished more than once (laughs) (laughs) jim gaffigan was like you know the thing about the masks is with some people you only met them with masks and then when they take the mask off you're like you really should have stuck with the mask (laughs) (laughs) just toss it back up just right there 
Um, and also being hat-fished is a thing, so <laughs> If a guy is only wearing hats in every single one of those photos, he's balding. And if you're okay with but that, here's fine. The thing. But- yeah, just decide whether that matters to you or not. Because some people actually like a, a bald head rep yeah. better than a haired head. Sure, sure. Is that how you describe that? Hair-headed yeah. headed person. Those <laughs> <A> hair heads. <laughs> those hair heads, I tell you. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, that's not saying it's good or bad, but just that's the reality. Um, and if he's wearing the hat, he's probably insecure about it. So um, that's just the fact yeah. of life. But anyway, the whole discussion was like that to them, dating apps are the surefire way to have a successful relationship. And there's no other way to do it. And you're you're just resisting fu- futilistically, futilely against in a futile way <laughs> in a futile <laughs> manner against the norm and the culture that we are in and personally i'm okay yeah. with that because i am a dating app veteran and i have been on and off of them since 2016 and i have to tell you being off of them mentally and emotionally i am thriving so yeah but the whole discussion the, the main point of the discussion that i was presenting was dating apps are inherently unsuccessful because there's too many options and so therefore you maintain this sure. this um perception of the grass is always greener whether or not you're aware yeah. of it it's that's in your head like because you have options you know so you have let's say i make two, 20 matches my first like initial swipe through or whatever now i have 20 yeah. options to choose from i can't like Emotion, small talk is one thing. I cannot emotionally connect to 20 people at a time. I don't know about yeah. guys. Like, guys can compartmentalize better than we can. And I think that's also to their detriment when it comes to like dating apps. So, you can reject people now based off of very shallow, insignificant things. So, like, oh, well, she has a mole on her shoulder that I don't like, and this girl doesn't. And so, therefore, I'm going to go yeah. with the other girl. And that's kind of like the attitude. Yeah. I mean, I think dating is inherently comparative in some ways because mm-hmm. you're trying to suss out who would be a better partner for you if you're looking for a long-term relationship. You would hope. But there is, I think there's this element of especially dating app culture that encourages you to not settle, but not in a healthy way, but mm-hmm. in a way that is like never get too comfortable because there might be someone better out there. Right. And I think personally that is that's always going to be true. Like it's kind of a fallacy to think that there is eventually someone who will make you not be attracted to anyone else ever. And it's just not realistic, but not in the sense that you regret choosing the person you chose or that you, you know, in my case, I'm married. So like, I am still attracted to other men. Mm -hmm. Like it happens. Mm -hmm. Now, does that make me want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and go, actually, I no longer wish to be with my husband. I have chosen incorrectly. I would like to pursue this X, Y, or Z person. No, it doesn't. And it's not because, you know, I'm not as attracted to them as I am to my husband, but it's because I have a multifaceted bond with my husband and all that this person has is attraction or they're funny or, you know, whatever it is. But I think, and this is the point I made to Emma, because she was talking about male friends of hers again associates who <laughs> let's be realistic who, let's be let's be critical here uh <laughs> who were talking about you know getting to know multiple people at once and to me i don't think because emma was saying like oh i can't focus on multiple people and i i don't think anybody can emotionally and physically be open to more than one person at a time 
to a level that allows you to get to know the real person. I think you can be emotionally and physically open to a person to a shallow extent. Absolutely. You can be open to 50 people like that because you're not really getting to know anything about them. Like you might know their favorite color or their middle name, but you're not knowing them in a true sense. Like you're not knowing the person deep down because that takes focus and that takes time and that takes effort. Mm -hmm. And so you can't, I don't think you can spread that effort across 10 different texting relationships and really say like, oh, I've had significant progress with these 10 people to the same level. And I therefore know all of them to the same depth. Like there will either be one that pulls ahead that you really, really, really know because you've had like extensive conversations with, or you won't really know any of them. But I I don't think that you can logistically, even with two people, truly deeply get to know them without either fixating on one person and getting to know them at a deeper level or getting to know neither mm-hmm. at a deeper level. And it's so funny. I don't say this to them, <clears throat> but if they're listening and now I'm telling you, <laughs> um, if these, if you apps, don't know, now, you know, <laughs> if these apps really worked, why are you still on them? You've been on them for over a month now and clearly it's not successful in that way, you know, so you can tell me, Oh, I'm just being picky, but really I think it's just that, it's almost the exact opposite. You're not being picky enough or you're just like, you you know, I I understand the concept of dating in general, like, Oh, I'm dating, I'm going out with multiple different people. And maybe that's your prerogative. That's what you want. Fine. Like maybe you don't want a deep connection with somebody, but to look at me and say like, no, I'm looking for a partner, but I have been on these dating apps for a couple of months. That should speak to the futility of dating apps in my opinion. Well, and also I think, people are hesitant to give up dating apps. And I think you could say this from your own experience because you feel like you're closing off options. Yeah. And it's the market of options that's attractive more than any of the individual people themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I was out with some friends and I downloaded um, one of the apps to prove a point to say like, I will get multiple matches within seconds of being on this app. Created a profile. I definitely tailored it to be a certain kind of profile that I knew would be successful. And, um, I, I, I made the profile. I got to the point where you could like swipe. I swiped on a few people and then I went to that matches page, which immediately I'd matched with these people that I'd swiped on. But also you can see in one of the corners, how many people have swiped on your profile to match with you, whether or not you have met them on the app yet. And it caps at a certain number. And I had reached that cap already immediately. And so it's just kind of like, to me, do I want to meet a hundred people on a dating app? Not really. Not anymore. Yeah. It used to make me feel really good. Like, oh yeah, I'm desirable. I'm this, this, and that. But I think everyone, whether they want to admit it or not, sees dating apps sort of changing them. And I personally have become more bitter and jaded. And maybe my guy associates aren't there yet, but they will get there. Yeah. Agreed. So we have, we, we're at the fork and we have to choose a direction. So we can continue. So- I can go next with mine because mine is a premise that I think will become more of a question to you. Okay. Um, But it's something that I was thinking about when you were describing a specific associate. Sure. And it just, it occurred to me, I wrote it down because I didn't want to forget it Uh, because I'm old and that should be apparent to anyone. So (laughs) we are geriatric in this podcast. So welcome. (laughs) Honestly, we are an over fifties podcast. I hope you're excited about it. So here is my theory okay Okay. so i think a case could be made to say if if you are a certain how can i start this 
If you are in a position where you are texting a person a lot, so if you're in a, you know, you're single, they're single, or maybe one of you isn't single, mm-hmm. um, you're texting this person a lot. And in theory, you are friends with this person. Mm-hmm. I think a case could be made to say that if you have a crush on this person, or if you think they have a crush on you, there is a certain level of manipulation that I think points to an, a tendency towards control issues. Mm-hmm. And 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 controlling that person so here's what i mean by this basically you are keeping them on the string you know that the phrase of like you're you're texting them enough to keep them interested but you're not texting them so much or like you have these spurts of activity and then all of a sudden it'll be quiet and um you know you're you're kind of emotionally gaslighting them into being attracted to you and then like slipping away and doing whatever you do um and you're you know, you might be, for example, mentioning other people that you find attractive or talking about dates or talking about conquests mm-hmm. and you're speaking about it in front of this person. And to me, I think a case can be made to say you're actually controlling them in a similar way to control issues in a relationship where in a relationship, you know, it might look like you're trying to limit who they see or you're trying to limit what they do or you're trying to um, be part of everything that they do so that they can't do anything without you knowing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think this is a more detached form of control, but it's manipulation to the same extent where you control how much they get to, I guess, how much rope they get to get away from you. Mm-hmm. And then you can drag it back at any point. So like you let them have a little bit of extra tether when you're talking to someone or when you're interested in someone else. And then you kind of pull them back in and like always keeping them on the bench as an option. Right. Um, and it seems to me like, yeah, like it's it, it's a method of controlling the other person and refusing to let them have just a friendship with you and equally refusing to let them have a relationship with you. Um, and I, I guess I just want your your mm-hmm. feedback and your thoughts on that. I don't think it's conscious. I don't know that these Oh, not, not people... for that specific person, just in general. In general, like... yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I agree because honestly, I've done it before and I have been that person and we love emotional growth. I don't do it anymore. I yeah. make a very clear line. Either it's a relationship I'm interested in pursuing or it's just a friendship and there is no yeah. gray area. But when I was younger, even really not that long ago, like last year sometime I did this to someone and I felt really guilty about it because I definitely was like sure. unsure if it was someone I would be like romantically interested in, but like I was attracted to them. So it was kind of a weird dynamic and I allowed yeah. it to continue in that way. And um, they were very right to cut me out of their life and I don't resent them for that at all. So yeah. Um, at Tom, if you're listening, I'm like, sorry that I did that to you basically, but like we have no contact Aww. anymore. So it's like, what am I going to do? And like I said, I don't have any hard feelings towards him about it. I definitely carry a sense of guilt towards it because I, it, it, once again, it wasn't conscious. I didn't do it on purpose. So it wasn't me yeah. being like, I'm going to make sure you still like me, but I'm going to keep you 10, 10 foot pole now. Ooh, three foot pole now. You know, it was like, whatever, but yeah. And I don't know if it necessarily has to be conscious in the same way that control issues often aren't conscious. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same instinct point though, like yeah. um, keeping all the cards in your pocket and not okay. allowing the other person a choice. And part of it to me is just an insecurity. Like, you know that I'm going to be around or that whoever it is is going to be around to pay attention to you in some kind of way. And so you like, not in like a, I don't compliment them kind of thing. I don't like gas them up. It's it's really just like a friendship, you know, but 
I mean, I guess it's a friendship. I don't know. It's, it's a pretty shallow friendship if you ask me, but um, I, th I think that it's, it definitely stinks of, I consider you a potential, but I'm not willing to commit to that. I don't like that it's so conditional because it's not something that I asked for. And it's not ever something that was like, we've expressed that we're interested in each other, but you're keeping me at arm's length or vice versa. It's very much yeah. so kind of like a, is it or isn't it? Neither of us are gonna like address it. So let's just, we're just existing basically. And so to me, that's why maybe it's so surface level because like, once again, I don't feel like they know me and yeah. I probably don't know them, you know, but yeah, it, it does seem, this is there's a trend with this particular individual of like, here's what I'm going to give tons of attention to you and like want to like interact with you on a daily basis versus like, oh, maybe I'll respond to like your story sometimes, or maybe this or that, you know? And it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it does, it makes you feel kind of crappy because it feels like, especially when they're talking about other people, it makes you feel like you're not good enough. And yeah, I personally have like, never really bought into that with this person i don't feel like i'm not good enough i feel like i'm too good personally but that's just kind of who i am as a person so also true um but i'm i'm also thinking about the wider implications so like for members of the team who maybe this is them right now like they are in this kind of limbo with somebody mm -hmm. um hopefully not multiple somebody's that sounds miserable you have to hope but <laughs> but like I've, I've been in this situation before where neither of you is doing anything about it and especially as a woman you kind of feel like you're on the back foot because you don't really want to put yourself out there for rejection mm -hmm. especially when you're not entirely convinced that you want to be with them right um so what would you say is the end game like how how do you resolve something like this because in my mind I'm I'm very surgical and and I've said this about other relationships like friendships, romantic relationships. I tend to cut and run really quickly and it's sometimes to my detriment because I I want to leave you before you can leave me. Sure. That's my that's always been my my methodology. So if I'm not sure that something's going to go anywhere with a person unless I have like a really strong pull to them, I am very likely to cut them out of my life even as, you know, a single person and just like put them at arm's length, put a wall up rather than allow something to continue that potentially could hurt me. Mm -hmm. um, but for some people, that's not, you know, that's not how they deal with relationships. That's mm -hmm. not, you know, they don't think as surgically. I think in my situation here is kind of unique because it's already so surface and blase that I don't really feel I need to put energy forth into like addressing yeah. anything because it's like it's probably just going to fade anyway so like i'm okay with where it's at because i'm fairly indifferent but if you're really involved with somebody and you're genuinely friends and you're like is it or isn't it there's only like three things that you can really do one right you address the elephant in the room and you just say like hey this thing's been like sitting really close it's getting ever closer to me i have to tell you i'm feeling a little claustrophobic um let's talk about it so that we can have our living room back to normal you know um, let's talk about it let's talk about it and i was gonna make a burrito pun but it's a lot harder so <laughs> um let's burrito the hatchet <laughs> <laughs> oh, good job Hannah. Ten um 10 points for gryffindor thank you but this is 
you can't either say like, hey, uh, I'm going to level with you. I'm romantically interested in you or I have a crush on you. And sometimes I feel like you like me as well. And if you don't, that's okay. But I need to know for sure. And a lot of people are not going to be comfortable with that route. Because once again, we have a lot of difficulty being vulnerable like that with people who are not yeah. giving us clear signs, you know. And yeah, or just like, I'm not exactly sure where I stand with you. Like right. sometimes it feels like you want this to be romantic. And sometimes it feels like you just want to be my friend. Like where where are we where are we? right in and relationship is, is it me misinterpreting is it you giving yeah. me signals that like are subconscious maybe you don't think about them that hard you know whatever um or you can continue with the way things are and just let it be a, a cloud of a, of a question mark above your head at all times or you can do what hannah does and cut and run and be like i will talk to you when i see him in the office or in the work wherever it is school church a lot whatever. of these tend to be workplaces i yeah, think like I think so as, well. as much as as much as social situations, like maybe it's your church or your friend group, I'm sure it happens there. I think a lot of the the dancing back and forth happens in office situations because it's a lot easier than confronting it and potentially dealing with a workplace romance or, right. you know, I think there's a lot more reasons to cut and run than in a social group, though I have seen this in social groups as well. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely different when you're all just friends, um, just in general, but I would say in my experience, most of it happens within the workplace. That's where my mind immediately goes to. But those are your three options. And personally, I'm fine with the second and just letting things go as they are because I don't plan on being here long anyway. And so why would I, I don't feel the need to put effort into complicating things or having hard conversations because at the end of the day, are they really going to impact my life that much? Probably not. Exactly. And I just don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be that fruitful. Um, so yeah, in general, I personally just don't care to make a big ado of it. I talk to Hannah about it and we speculate yeah. and my other friends say things to me and tell us to both just like grow up and do something about it. But like, I don't care to, I really just don't. Well, and this is the thing, like in this particular situation, I don't think there's a huge, like, I don't have any skin in the game because I have no doubt in my mind that this person is not the person for you, but <laughs> In other situations where I have seen this, especially in situations where other friends are like, oh, this would be such a good thing, or other coworkers are like, oh, this would be great, like, why don't you guys do anything about it? Mm -hmm. I I can see it causing real problems. And I've yeah. also seen people take years of their life wasting away, waiting for this person to whatever. And it never actually happens. And then when they do date someone, it like really hurts them. Mm -hmm. um, so I just think it's worth raising as a red flag because personally, I mean, aside from if they want you, they'll make it happen, which is I, in my experience, very true. Um, in the situations where there's been that lingering back and forth, it's because actually if we said it and we like voiced it and we dealt with it, it wouldn't work. Right. Like you yeah. wouldn't be a compatible couple most well, of the time. And if you are the person who like me with Tom, you're the one who's kind of giving and taking the rope away, maybe address with yourself. Like, am I giving them clear signs that I'm interested in a very specific other type of person because I'm insecure yeah. and because I'm worried that they wouldn't be interested anyway. So therefore like, let me make it very clear that like, I'm not prepared for that kind of conversation or I'm not ready for that. If it's subconscious, if it's like an actual effort that you're making to be like, don't you dare like me because I don't find you attractive, you know, um, whatever your, my, your methodology is like, maybe just have a, an introspective moment with yourself. Yeah. Have a self-versation. 
Like I did it. You're not con anyone. I wasn't sure. Mine was more of a personality thing, not like an attraction thing. Like I found him attractive. I don't felt like we used to necessarily vibe personality wise. And that was where it was difficult for me. And for some people, it's the opposite. Like maybe they're not your usual type, but you get along really well. And if you have attraction to them, that confuses you because you're used to liking a very specific type of person and it freaks you out to stray from that for whatever reason. Maybe that's, I think that's personally a testament to your own body image issues. And I think Hannah would agree with that. Well, and we were talking about this earlier and I tend to think if you have a very specific type, especially in regards to body, like if you need, you know, five foot five or six foot two and has to be this build and the face has to look like this and the hair has to look like this. Yeah. I don't think you're probably as ready for a longer term relationship as you think you are because type should have a personality component to it and not just like they make me laugh but like they they have this specific type of humor or they enjoy these types of activities or they are this kind of person like there should be some element of their character and who they are in whatever you're describing as your ideal person Mm -hmm. if you're actually ready for a commitment to another human whereas if you're just ready for like casual dating casual whatever then i think that's when you like to me, when you when someone describes like, oh, I like, you know, a, a six foot one blonde guy with, you know, muscular pecs and skinny calves, maybe that's what you like. If you're only talking about their physicality, I would take from that that you are not interested in a deep connection. Right. That's right. Me. Because like when someone's asking, what's your type? I'll say like, historically, these are physically the kinds I've dated, like kinds of yeah. guys, but that's not a hard stop for me what matters is can they make me laugh are they kind to me are they empathetic do they listen when i talk and have a genuine interest in my hobbies and maybe that's just more i don't want to say it's specific to women i do find women are more tend to be more like this yeah unless they're in that phase where they're just not ready for that emotional connection which just goes back to our point but you would hope that your type as you get older and more emotionally mature strays from physical and into are they just nice to me? You know, like the bar is so low for me. Are they nice to me? Are they nice? To, are they genuinely interested in me as a person? Are they don't push me into traffic? <laughs> are they but are they like, you know, inhibiting my growth? Or are they encouraging yeah. it? So yeah, that's like, and I would also say, I'm friends with emotionally mature men. And they would all have a personality component to their description of their physical type. Like, I don't think it ever, you, you never stop noticing what someone looks like initially, you know, the, the, what they look like is what you notice about what they look like. So like, you're going to, it's going to be a component. (laughs) We were shocked, (laughs) but it's going to be a component. But if it's all, if it stops there, if like, that's the thing that matters, like, are Mm. you ready for a relationship? I would say no. And that's no from me, dog. I think a lot of people are not comfortable admitting that to themselves, though, because they want to believe they're this very emotionally evolved person who's capable of deep connections with people. And I'm like, survey says no. I collected my own data and I'm here to tell you it's not true. So um, what else? We're not we're another fork. Where, Where else do we want to take this? I think you had another point that my brain has not kept um (laughs) either i'm sure there is one maybe instead of three prongs we were meant to do two 
you know, who could say who among us? I, oh, I do. I think actually it is a third prong. I remember okay. it now. Okay. Okay. It's about cheating. Oh, and that's right. Yes, 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 yes. It's not about, so the last time we talked toxicity, we talked about, you know, looking at someone else's um, social media right. feed. Is it cheating? Is it not? Is, you know, is, is following accounts that are purely accounts that you find attractive or in some cases like modeling accounts or specifically like they're they're generally you know leaning towards the porn category mm -hmm, like mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. just half naked to naked people let me just tell you that like there are certain posts i've archived a lot of them but like sometimes i'll go back to my post and if a person that i don't follow doesn't follow me likes it or someone who starts following me i go to their profile and i check and eight out of ten times they're in a committed relationship of some kind committed being so apostrophes but it's fine. you were having a conversation in which this came up but I think, and, and we've said this before, I think people start to feel like they are immune from cheating. Right. Like it is something that only happens when you find your true love in a loveless relationship and you therefore stray from that um, loveless relationship into the better one. And, and usually people don't talk about it as if you're just, you know, testing the greener grass, but often it's it's like, Oh, the only time I would cheat is if I was, you know, I fell in love with this person and, and you know, the person I was with was not X, Y, or Z. Um, but I can't remember the exact context in which mm. your conversation came up. Well, I, my idea was like, I, I presented someone to, to someone this idea that like every time I'm scrolling through reels or TikTok or something and a, you know, a gorgeous girl or a handsome guy is talking about being cheated on, everyone in the comments is like, oh, there's no hope for any of us if you're getting cheated on because you're oh, so yeah, attractive yeah. and this, this, and that. And there's this idea that very attractive people don't get cheated on. And the JLo syndrome, like, right. why would anybody cheat on JLo? Beyonce, why would you? Know, you? Yeah. And, and you're like, I can't believe that you would cheat. And I think there's a lot of like, facets to that and one i think it's because people think that being attractive is the end all be all you have made it there is nothing there's no flaw you are perfect as you are because you are super you're on attractive. mount olympus and you're made of gold you yeah. are aphrodite and no one can like, hold a candle to you and therefore anyone would be crazy to not want you but yeah. the type of people who once we were circling back the type of people who prioritize physicality don't care it doesn't stop there you know it's not about i'm with this very attractive person and therefore i am done i have no interest in anybody else yeah. because they don't stop noticing that about everybody else yeah and they kind of and become... normal people don't either like no, i said not. this earlier like you can be in a very happy relationship you're still going to find other people attractive now that doesn't mean that you want to do anything about that that doesn't mean that you're going to do anything about that it's just the reality of i find that human attractive okay Right, but they're in a relationship with someone that they got into hopefully the right reasons. They they didn't get into a yeah. relationship with them because they're attractive. They like, yes, they're attractive, yeah. but here are the things that made me love them. And it has nothing yeah. to do with how they look. The people that are cheating, they don't care about that part. The content is unimportant. The genre, they don't care. Is the cover sparkly? Are the letters big? Is it easy to read? Yeah. Then I'm interested in that. And they're also, that speaks to their insecurity as a person. Yeah, we were talking about this and, and the metaphor I used was all I care about is the box. What color is the box? How big is the box? I don't even know what's inside of the box. All I care about is the box. And and I think that, and I, I've said this before as well, I think anybody 
kinchy. I don't think mm -hmm. that you have to only prioritize physicality to cheat. I think it's a really easy, slippery slope. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a lot closer than a lot of people would put themselves. Like a lot of people would say like, oh, I would never cheat. And it's like, well, um, but aside from that, I think cheating looks different for different people. So if you're in a relationship like Emma's talking about specifically for physical attraction and only physical attraction and that's it, you are probably going to be drawn away by someone, I'm going to say something controversial, who is emotionally interesting to you. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, maybe you find someone prettier. Fair enough. Like, if you if all you care about is looks, there probably is a bigger fish out there. Like, there probably is someone prettier than the pretty person you're with. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I think a lot of those are they fall under the 80-20 rule. And that 20% is emotional compatibility or emotional connection. And so in this highly physical relationship where all they care about is how they look, they might find someone who's actually less attractive more emotionally stimulating and therefore worth risking the current relationship on. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you see that in a lot of celebrity cheating relationships. You know, you see someone who's wildly attractive uh, date, get cheated on with, and the person who they cheated with is, is quite normal. Average, or, normal, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, and, and then I think there's also another element of it where if you're in if you're in a relationship where you you know that this person and you have problems and you're not addressing them cheating starts to feel like an escape route it mm -hmm. starts to feel like a rope that you can climb to get out of the problems and maybe they don't actually have anything that you're looking for like maybe the the thing that you're craving is just to get out of your current relationship and you you either consciously or subconsciously use cheating to detonate what you have mm -hmm. with without the other person being even attractive to you sometimes mm -hmm. yeah i mean I, I have been cheated on and i have to say the first thing that you're always going to do is wonder what is wrong with you why you weren't enough is this person prettier than me is this this and that you know because the type of people that i dated who did cheat on me were very shallow people. And I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's not about what you look like. It's not about like what you are or aren't offering a person, especially if it's a person that's going to just flippantly cheat. Now, like some people have really happy relationships and people still cheat. And sometimes they can work through that and sometimes they can't. But I would say it's not like an active, like they're not actively like seeking out other women to give attention to. Sometimes it's just kind of an anomaly. In these cases with my exes, it was very much so like they're looking at and thinking about other women in terms of like they can give me X, Y, and Z and Emma can't and therefore I should pursue that person. And it was callous and it was wrong. And it was mean. Um, but it came down to nothing to do with me. So this idea that like very attractive people don't get cheated on to me is the same as saying very attractive people can't have STDs. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's just like completely wrong and unrealistic. And yeah. that's another point. I have a lot of guy friends who are like, no, 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 like she's clean. She's clean because she's like so pretty. And I'm like, I'm just letting you know that STDs don't give a crap what you look like. Like sexual health is not um, mutually exclusive to physical attraction. And I think you'll find that actually a lot more people who are very, very, very attractive have sometimes more partners and therefore more are risk. more susceptible yeah. to 
STDs. So I hear them say these things and I'm like, you're kidding, right? <laughs> like, that's a joke. Like, it's it's ridiculous. But I digress. Um, I just don't understand where this idea that very attractive people can't get cheated on has really come from. So so this folds into a conversation that I had. So actually, there's a fourth prong. Surprise! Hi! Uh, <laughs> um, if you know anything about this podcast, it's that we add parts all the time. And you're just... You have to deal it's with it. that... It's made up and the points don't matter. Yeah. So <laughs> I was having a conversation with a friend at work and mm-hmm. we were talking about, I guess uh, he, he'd read an article about a culture where like the way that you flipped your hat, uh, I think it's a, in, I think it's in the Caribbean, okay. um, but where the way you flipped your hat indicated whether you're taken or single, blah, blah, blah. Interesting. And he went into um, a little bit more about it. Like they had to live with their the person they got engaged to for a year before they could get married and like, yeah. Um, and so I kind of launched into a diatribe, which I'm going to briefly launch into now, which is, I think in the same way that people think that like you can't have bad things and relationships happen to you if you're attractive, or if you get to a level of attraction that you will immediately find someone. I think, people think that if you live with a person, it means that you are more compatible and therefore more likely to last. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not just saying this because my husband and I didn't live together before we got married, but I'm saying like, I have been in relationship, nah, situationships, I haven't been in that many relationships, but I've been in situationships where we as good as live together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying this is someone who's never lived with a guy. I'm saying, I have never seen a relationship that is held together because they lived together before they got engaged, got married, you know, made a commitment circle in salt and promised each other, whatever you're doing. Like I have yet to see evidence that living together increases your compatibility. Well, I think it can sometimes the opposite. So. It is statistically, you are more likely to break up if you live together before you get married Science than if you did not live together. Side. But but I think the reason for that is people think of it as this test, as this litmus test Mm -hmm. to what your relationship is going to be like. Mm -hmm. And it's not. Um, I think if anything, and dating are not, you can't compare the two. They're not the same. If anything, it might accelerate your breakup um, for you to not live together because you don't have certain entanglements that would keep you together. So, you know, oh, I've spent 10 years with them. So obviously they're the right person for me. Not necessarily true. Yeah. Um, Or I am living with them now. My my CDs are in his truck. I can't leave. Like, why would I leave when we have a house together? Or, or, oh, uh, she knows my family. So now it doesn't make sense. She met my sister. Okay. It doesn't make sense for us to break up. Right. But I have yet to see... And I think you can go across and research. I've I've done a decent amount of research on this, but feel free to do your own and fact check me. But I have yet to come across any evidence that suggests that living together increases your likelihood of staying together before you're in a committed marriage or, you know, whatever that looks like. But mm-hmm. I just, I, I find it really annoying when people equate living together with a, a recipe for success, because yeah. I think it sets people up to fail and then they're like, oh, well, maybe this wasn't the right relationship for me because, you know, of a- another reason. They loaded like, the dishwasher weird or something like that. Yeah. So they, just, I, they start to look for problems in the wrong areas, I yeah. think. I have two thoughts. One, I lived with my ex. And I can tell you our relationship was not better for it. Um, there were problems to begin with. 
honestly, when I did move in, there was a part of me that really didn't want to because I had gotten to this townhome that I loved. I loved my space. And it was already like we were well into the relationship at this point. It wasn't like we had just started dating and we yeah. on a whim were like, let's move in together. Like we we had broken up at that point once for like a few days, got back together. And then a few months later, we were like, okay, let, let's live together. And it was their suggestion, not mine. So part of me moved in and it just, it got worse and worse because now yeah. the problem still existed, but we're now in very close quarters. And so it was just exacerbated. Well, and I think, you know, for those who are like, oh, you're just saying that because of your moral convictions, like it's not true. I would argue that you can find cases where people have moved in together after a week and have lasted or have moved in together after uh, you know, five years and haven't made it or have moved in together after a year and a half and lived together for 10 years and still didn't make it. Like, it's just a useless statistic is the point that I'm trying to make. I will um, say that my other point was that I've had people make the argument that it works because like, oh, well, we were so in love that after a week we moved in together. I find that problematic yeah. personally. I really do. Yeah. Um, that feels very much like love bombing. That feels very much like you're acting on feelings, which are just inherently not going to last because that's a chemical reaction yeah. that your brain is going through. It's and a dopamine hit. Yeah. A a relationship feelings do not make. And I think that's also just a big problem with current culture is everyone's basing it off of a feeling. Oh, I don't feel like I love them. So therefore I don't. I have, I had the ick with my exes multiple times where I was like, oh my God, like, get away from me this this, and that that didn't mean that i didn't love them or i didn't want to be in that relationship but if i were to base everything i did off of a feeling i would never have fulfillment in a relationship your choices determine your feelings right and you and this is might be a good kind of segue towards an exit um i i'm reading this series and uh a court of thorns and roses like i talked about earlier and there's this scenario in it called a mating bond and basically it's the destiny trope that is in a lot of literature sure, sure, sure. and it's proves um, that your main characters are meant to be basically yeah like something snaps into place and then suddenly you know that this is the person that you were always meant to be with um and at first i was a little bit frustrated because i was like that would be really nice to have like that would be I, yeah sure. i got a little jealous like that would be so nice to like have a feeling that you knew educationally was what you were supposed to look for, have it mm -hmm. snap into place and go correct. I made the correct choice. Right. I never have to worry about intrusive thoughts anymore about not making the right choice. Like I'm with my perfect mate. I Boom. have analysis and statistics presented to me that prove this yep. is the right choice. The feeling shows me the, the science shows me. Boom. And then I had a thought within myself that was <laughs> as opposed to without myself, which many of my thoughts are. Um, but I had a thought where, Actually, it's way better when it's your choice, when yeah. it's free will. It's more romantic because, you know, Luke and I aren't married because we have a, a, a feeling that we are the perfect pair that was confirmed by, you know, generations of science. We, what we like have the same ice cream flavor. What we have is, is a choice every single day to choose each other. And I think that's more romantic. And, mm -hmm. and so I think, I think there is an element of you know trying to find a perfect recipe for making a relationship last that is so far off based on current cultural standards from what is actually important to make a relationship last which is your choices you have to choose one another you have to prioritize one another over other things you have to 
you have to choose the right person based on not just fleeting things like appearance, but on things like shared values on things like, um, you know, I, I'm a believer in, in picking someone that you want around you all the time. Like if whatever you're doing in your day, would it be better if they were there? Like mm -hmm. trying to choose someone who is your best friend, but not just in the sense that like, I became best friends so that we could date, like actually compatibility wise, you guys have so much in common and maybe you're really, really different, but like every situation you would like to share with them. Like well, that's if, important. If Hannah were a man, I can tell you I'd marry her. So anything mm -hmm. less in a relationship, I'm just not interested in. Like, of it's course, your relationships are going to vary between your female and or male friends, associates, what have you, versus your partner. Like that should, I, I'm not romantically interested in Hannah. So of course our relationship is different. I mean, I mean, I did Whatever kiss her. you need to tell yourself. <laughs> And let me tell you, it freaked her out. It was amazing. But yeah, um, it did freak me out. It was I wasn't ready. <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty low key. I'm not gonna lie. There was no tongue. Relax, everybody. Um, <laughs> I will say, like, I have I have a certain standard now with my friendships that I didn't have before, yeah. Yeah. and I'm not. People act like I've had conversations with my guy friends about this before as well. You have a better relationship with someone that you're friends with first, and that's just the way it is because you like them already. You already know them. You already want to be around them, and you've already seen them in social, maybe intimate moments. However, it worked out between you guys. So, like, I would argue that you do not have a successful relationship unless you are also friends. Like, maybe I have yet you're to not see best it, friends, so. but I I've not seen a successful relationship that isn't largely based on friendship which is how it should be if you ask me like how can you not be friends with the person that you say you love i don't understand how you can that's they have to be mutually exclusive to one another like and so and this is why inherently i don't think dating apps work back to our original point in conclusion get off the apps <laughs> get off, no, but I, I agree like get off the apps and don't there's this effort, like all this effort into trying to meet somebody. Everyone says, stop saying it'll happen when you least expect it. And it's not that I don't expect it. I didn't expect it to happen, but I'm not going to prioritize that over every other facet of my life. Yeah. And, and so much of, especially female culture is like waiting for the person, like you're waiting for your life to begin, you know, you're waiting for this person so that you can do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, honey, go do it. Like go, Go do whatever you're going to do. Don't wait on a man or a woman or whatever. Like, don't wait on whomever to start living your life because life is short. It will pass you by. And then you get to, you know, 35, 40 and you're like, my God, I haven't done anything. And all because I was and single and afraid of it. Yeah. Point. Like I'm not. So before I moved to New York, I was definitely in that place of like, well, I'll just meet a guy and we'll see what happens because I didn't have a direction for myself. And then that was forced on me. And ever since then, and it's really only been a couple of years now, not even two years. It's been like what a year and a half now, I guess. Yeah. Um, September, 2020 was really when like, I felt like I kickstarted what I wanted and I've accomplished just insane amounts of things since that happened. And I haven't been prioritizing my dating life and I'm happier yeah. for it. And that's just like, I would encourage you if you're not absolutely 100% content and happy with where you're at already to put dating on the back burner until you find fulfillment in the th other things that can bring you happiness. So, yeah. And um, I guess that's kind of all we have to say about toxicity part dose. And I'm sure we'll think of more things to say because the male species is ever unevolving. So <laughs> because not much has changed. If you go through the ape, 
half man, three quarters man, man. It's a, you know, it's the a, Venn diagram's a circle. They say it's one direction. <laughs> it's more of like a, it's a scale. <laughs> it's tipping one way or the other. So, so in conclusion, <sighs> Hannah and I are obviously masters of love and you should listen to us. Yep. I have nothing else to add. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us on this fairly long episode and we have some quick tea ideas coming at you here soon so stay tuned for those and i promise i'll get this out this week because uh i don't start classes in earnest until tuesday so chop, we chop, emma. love you mean it i have been hannah and i remain emma oh, that's the tea.